Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Comedy Central. Now hiring. Rod, what are you doing here? You're early. Now hiring. <laughs> he on time for his job. Um, <laughs> there are now companies offering unlimited PTO. Really? This smells like a scam. But they say Netflix, Twitter, PayPal, Evernote, Oracle, LinkedIn, Kronos, GitHub, Roku, GE, Lyft, Shopify, and Dropbox are amongst the companies now giving you the opportunity to just live wherever you want and leave whenever you want and collect that PTO unlimited. JG, Mm. scam or not? That's a scam. You can't have unlimited anything. Even when you go to a buffet, you can't eat it all. Mm. I've seen people try. I've seen some shit. You can try, but you It's worth a try, though. If the PTO is unlimited, I mean, just... Who's going to do the work if I'm off? That's not my problem. That's not my problem. That's not my problem. for your resume. You show up to work the first day, and then you just never go back. And when they fire you... You just get to say, yeah, I used to work at Dropbox. Exactly. <laughs> and the rest of those companies he named, too. <laughs> just like we a long just apply for all of them and don't show up. I mean, just take all the work one, one day, day at take each. Take off forever. One day at each. That's all you do. One day at each. My name is Floyd. This is my job, Sam. We're back after the first annual April Fools Extravaganza that we were able to do. That was good. That was a good time. Shout out again to the homegirl, Lisa B. We over in Chicago. She's a monster. My director friend, C. Craig, who is um, always representing for Sackleson State Community College, Lenard T. Falcon. The tea. The tea it, was wonderful. <laughs> it was wonderful. I wished it mm. was real. He made some amazing points. Yeah. <laughs> Rod, it's really fair. Like, yes, <laughs> ugly people can't get policies passed, so we need more educated, good-looking people. I personally am very nervous around ugly people, and mm. I watch them. I watch them, because if, if you look at the news, whenever something crazy has happened, 
the fucking perpetrator, ugly as shit. I watch ugly people. I don't like being around them. I'm all for that shit. We have a single guest. You see his name right there in the description. No sense in acting like this is radio and I'm going to surprise you. DJ Jazzy Jeff. Mm. Um, We somehow able to sucker in one of the first winners of a Grammy. Mm. And to be in a part of this acoustical radio presentation, he'll talk with us a little bit about his journey and the world of DJing and just that hustle and mm-hmm. the scams of it. And, you know, I have no intentions of asking him shit about Will Smith. So let me just establish that right now. Very clear. With you, the listener. Because I know y'all wondering if I'm going to ask DJ Jazzy Jeff, what's up with your boy? Maybe when we get to Rod, maybe Rod, maybe we can talk about Will Smith and the slap. Before we get into the CMO, I will say this about DJs. Mm. I think that DJing is an important skill in manipulating and motivating and moving people. Mm. I just wish that songs would give more credit to the other employees in the club. Mm. Every song is about the fucking DJ, praising the DJ, and DJ, turn it up, go DJ. That's my DJ. Yeah. Hey, Mr. DJ, you're spinning that song. What about the bottle girl? What about the motherfucker in the back cooking the wings? What? There's Ooh. a gentleman back there fish. keeping you full. There are never songs about the waitress. There's always songs about the bottle. But not the bottle girl, the bro. There ain't no bottle uh, girl song. Who brought you the bottle? Right. Pain made a song about liking the bartender. Shout out to he did. Yes. He did. Yeah, yes, the DJ and the bartender. And then, not only do they only love the DJ and the bartender, it's also fuck security. Listen, man, I I know that you're mad because you're standing on the furniture and some motherfucking a tight t-shirt has politely asked you to get off of this IKEA furniture. But why is it fuck security in every song? Can there be one rap song where we show appreciate, hey, security, Thank you for patting people down and dying first. <laughs> Die in this first. <laughs> dying first. We appreciate you, Mr. Security Guard, for keeping the that club safe. Sound happy. And thank you, Mr. That? Security Man, for dragging that drunk dude out the club. Right, you know what? Thank man? you for the way you flicker your flashlight through the crowd as people part like the Red Sea. There's a way to, to solve this, homie. There's a way to solve this, homie. What you need to do is write a song about the women who work security at the club. You're right there. The unsung heroes. Those are unsung heroes. Like those, you know, those those women that are like six four, two fifty, you know what I'm saying? Be out there working security. You know what I'm saying? You <laughs> gotta get props to them sisters. Girl. The cornrows right. and the ponytail, <laughs> just beating the shit right. up with the black gloves on. Oh, yeah. Sir, oh her God. back's so big, both of us can hide behind her. You know what I'm saying? I feel safer when it's the women's security there because they don't play. You can hide right yeah. behind them. If you had a club with a woman working security, yeah, you safe. Don't Straight. Nobody's going you to. Safe. She ain't got no qualms about swinging first. I've never seen a female security guard get her ass beat. Not one time. Mm-mm. See, the, every one of That's them real. is whooping ass. Breaking the glass ceiling with your goddamn spine. <laughs> oh. Whoop that ass. 
Oh. I want to get into Jazzy Jeff, man. So let's jump real fast. It's time for Cody's most outstanding employee of the week. You know, JG, uh-huh. I love a good scam. And I believe that college is a scam. Mm. To a degree. It's a couple of scams that I have. It, it's overpriced. Let me put it that okay. way. A former Yale administrator <laughs> filed a number of invoices pretending to buy computer equipment for the beloved university. But instead, it was found out that she bought a fleet of luxury cars and several houses. What? Well done. 90% of the computer equipment orders that she made for Yale's medical school over the last eight years allegedly were all bogus. And she took the money and lived like a fucking rock star. I bet you she had bottle service. <laughs> oh, Yale's darn? I don't understand how. how. How did she deviate or get the money to go towards what she wanted to buy? She must mm. have had a co-conspirator. In oh, it this. was beautiful. She was authorized yeah. to make purchases of $10,000 or less without any approval. So she oh. made a bunch of purchases, Ooh. broke them down into $10,000 parts so nobody checked on it. Nice. And then she had a nice. third party she sent the electronics to in exchange for cash. She had this is brilliant. Makes perfect sense. Straight fencing. This yeah. is brilliant. Shout out to Shout out to Chad Washington. He's the one who emailed us this wonderful, wonderful CMO. I, mm. you know, college is a. It's it's one of those things. Yeah, you stole from the students, and the money could have been used for the fucking student. But as much as you overcharge people, especially fucking Ivy League schools. I'm okay with this woman stealing $40 million, $10,000 at a time over the course of eight years. I respect it. I call reparations. There's some skeletons in the closet up there at Yale. She just got some payback for it. I ain't upset with that at all. For scamming the scammers and enjoying the lavish life. Mm. Mercedes, mm. Land Rovers, mm. Cadillac Escalade. Really? Properties in several states. Lavish trips for doing that. You are Cody's most outstanding employee of the week. Totally support Mm. this one. She faces up to 30 years in prison (laughs) until then she's free on a million dollars. That's all right. We'll see you when you get out of jail. You'll be all right. (laughs) (laughs) Worse than first time. I am excited, JG. We normally. You know, we have guests. You know, this is the People's Podcast. We've discussed that numerous times. This is this is a podcast for regular motherfuckers to call in and tell us about their life and their job. But every now and then we get royalty. We get somebody immaculate. We get a motherfucking legend. Yes. Who we trick into giving us a couple of minutes of their time. Well said. We sent over a nice PDF with pictures of who we are and what I do and what we mean to the world, and they fall for that shit and they agree to it. And we have one today. Yep. Who, number one, was the soundtrack of my life. JG, who do we have on the line? Because we're talking music today. Music. Absolutely. And it is a pleasure and an honor to actually introduce Grammy 
Award winning mm. DJ uh-huh. Jazzy Jeff. Uh-huh. Yes. Since 1985, mm. Jazzy Jeff has wowed us with his flawless yes. turntable skills Indeed. and innovative production. Oh. Mm-hmm. Not to mention his hilarious moments on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Most recently, DJ Jazzy Jeff has been busy traveling the globe while chronicling all of his travels in his popular Vinyl Destination, a web series that documents his experiences on and off stage. Welcome, Grammy Award winning DJ Jazzy Jeff. Hi. I love that. That was great. That now, was great. Mr. Philadelphia. <laughs> was it at 14 you were DJing a block party with 1,000 people outside in the street? How did you find your North Star so fast? I had some old heads in my neighborhood that allowed me to hang around. Um, mm. They allowed me to carry records when they had to do block parties or house parties. Um, Mm -hmm. They just let me hang around because this was one of those things that you almost needed um, on the job training. Um, Mm -hmm. And I got a chance to play when these guys went to the bathroom, you know? (laughs) So when they they would go to the bathroom, be like, Jeff, hold it down. And I would always make sure, I might've only got one record in, but I'll always make sure that I would change the record, play something good, everybody's dancing Mm -hmm. and it was cool. So it, it really took, um, until I was about 14 that someone actually came and asked me if I could do the block party on my own. So brought my speakers and I set them on top of a van and brought a receiver and two turntables and a mixer and a microphone and just started playing music. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, you know, especially back then, if somebody else had a block party and a bigger DJ was doing it, your block party would have had no people. Almost the people that lived on the block would go to the better block party. <laughs> so oh. the, the, the blessing was... Your own neighbors? Oh, oh, listen, listen. <laughs> They're just like, oh, DJ such and such is four blocks away. I'll be back. See that? Oh, Philly, oh. Philly, Philly, early on the music style move, oh, man. man. Early snobs hard in Philly, man. It's because the music is so good. They could be like, nah, man, you ain't hitting over here. You need to do better, bro. Get, get your it together. Oh, grandmama, Jeff. Yo, grandmama with the trees yes. and go but, up but the that's street. The reason why you needed, you know, that one time when there was no other block parties and mm. a thousand people came and everybody got a chance to hear me play. So mm. you only needed one. And then next thing you know, you're booked the next week and booked the next week. And it was a little different, you know, because being 14 and that young, I had some older guys that would kind of go with me. Um, And I didn't really have like the most liberal mom in the world. Like she wasn't really going for that. The house parties over at two o'clock, you know, Mm -hmm. so I used to get teased a lot because pretty much about 1140, I would ask someone to start playing records for me and say I had to go to the bathroom and I would fly home to be home before midnight. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And that was the move. I was living dual lives. I was was Sarah's son, but I was DJ Jazzy Jeff also. So until Sarah kind of got an understanding of DJ Jazzy Jeff, you had to live dual lives. 
So then were you doing, you know, and you know, this is the part of the show where we talk about, you know, worst jobs and first jobs. And clearly I believe if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, DJing was your first job. Did you do anything with a pay stub at any point? Oh, absolutely. From your teenage years on, did you? I was the chicken fryer in Rory Rogers. <laughs> I fried the chicken with a lot of pride. Yeah. I fried the chicken like I seasoned it. <laughs> the season came in the bag, but listen, in my mind, I seasoned that chicken and I cleaned out all of the crumbs of the oil because I wanted people That's good to chicken. eat the chicken. Like I wanted to eat the chicken. You know, you've been to that mm-hmm. place where you could tell that the grease was burnt and all the rest of that. So yeah. yes. I took a little change. That's what's up. You know, and making sure that on my shift in Roy Rogers, you would get the best chicken that Roy Rogers <laughs> could offer. You want them catch you fried a chicken and then you peek out into the lobby to see the people take that first bite into the chicken. Like, oh, yeah, they like it. Well, listen, I was cool and except when they asked me to work on Sundays because you know what was up on Sundays. When that oh, long church line. bus pull up to oh, Ray Rogers, oh, and you know how it is on Sundays. Ain't nobody ordering a burger. Everybody's no. getting chicken. How were you able to put your parents at ease? Hey, I'm done with Roy Rogers. I'm straight on going to college. This is what I want to do. And what should what should parents take from that conversation that you had with your parents? Well, you know, the one thing that I will give my mom credit for is as long as I was doing something productive, she pretty much left me alone. You know, she didn't really have a say so in what my career choice was going to be. She just didn't want me hanging around the house doing nothing or hanging in the streets pretty much doing mm-hmm. nothing. So, you know, the fact that, you know, you might make $30 at a house party on a Friday, I'm coming home Friday and Saturday, you know, with some money. I'm trying to do it. And, um, you know, once Will and I hooked up, like it got to a point that I kind of became the biggest DJ in the city. Just by doing mm-hmm. like, and, and it was really hard because, you know, when your mom friends comes up and they're just kind of like, oh my God, you know, so what are you doing? And you tell, you know, especially this, this, now this is like 1984. When you tell mm-hmm. somebody I'm a DJ, the first thing they say on the radio, nah, <laughs> in the street. At parties. And that kind of, that, that doesn't really sound right. I'm a, I'm a street DJ. Well, what the hell is a street DJ? The only reason it was a little bit smoother by the time we got to the point to go on tour that, you know, Will and I hooked up at a house party, same thing. Mm-hmm. And then we just kind of went all over the city and did everything and kind of became the biggest thing in the city. And next thing you know, he brings this record promoter over to the house that was like, hey, I want to put a record out with you guys. Um, Will was on mm-hmm. his way to MIT. Um I wasn't trying to make Roy Rogers a career move, but that was kind of, of on course the side. Not. But you had been promoted to head chicken seasoning yeah, yeah, at that yeah, point. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I was proud of my promotion, but that wasn't where I was trying to go for the rest of my life. So, you know, I really looked at it like I'm going to be able to tell my kids one day that I made a record. You know, my whole thing is nice. I can hold it in my hands and I can show my kids like, look, your dad made a record one day. All right, now let me go back to the gas company. We ended up doing the first record and we put it out. And a week, the record was number one in Philly. In two weeks, nice. the record was number one in New York. A week and a half, two, two and a half weeks, it was in LA. And a month later, we were on top of the pops in London. 
So it was kind of like, I don't really understand what's going on or how this is happening. Me and Will had to look at each other because it was one of them things that he's like, I think I need to tell my mom and dad that I'm not going to MIT and I want (laughs) to see how far this goes. And I was already like, listen, I already done told Roy, I ain't coming back. <laughs> you know, like I just turned in my chicken apron. That was a means to an end. I ain't coming back. So, and and you know, it, it's it it sounds cliche-ish, but that was thirty eight years ago, and Damn. it never stopped. Being a creative, it means you have no security net if you fall, mm-hmm. but you don't have a ceiling. Mm. Oh, I like so that. it's kind of like, listen, I can take the job, you know, it, listen, at Roy Rogers, I was only going to be the manager. I was never going to own that shit. Mm. I was yeah. only the highest thing I can go is being the manager, but I would always have benefits. I would always have insurance, you know, and that's the ceiling and the floor in a creative field. It's kind of like, listen, if I fall, I'm going to fall flat on my face. But if I rise, I have no idea how high up I'm going to go. Yes. So, and that's all I ever known. From the time of me making chicken and Roy Rogers, I never had a plan B. Like I've always believed that a plan B means that you think your plan A can fail. And I had to have it in my head that by no way, shape or form, am I going to fail at this? I'm curious about how do you convey to the neophytes, the newbies in this industry, that they have to separate the glitz and glamour from the business side of being paid to be in the club? Please help them. (laughs) You know, I've always had people come to me and ask you for advice. And Mm -hmm. I realized the older that I've got, it's harder to give advice because I'm giving advice from a 1984 Jeff. That that advice does not translate the same way. You know, in 1984, you could not become successful in a creative field by copying somebody else. You had to be original. You had to try Mm -hmm. to figure out a way that I was going to separate myself. It used to be this big cliche that Tuesday, all of the new music comes out. And if everybody is lined up on the shelves, why are they going to pick you? What is the Mm. defining thing in you to make someone pick you? In today's landscape, copy what everybody else is doing. (laughs) Like, Mm. everybody sounds the same. Like, you you turn the radio on and I'm almost like, you can take flashcards and change the names of the artists because all of the Uh records sound the same. You're like, damn, I didn't know Mm -hmm. who that was to that one because they all sound the same. So how do I give the young kid advice and say, listen, man, you need to go and you need to be 100% original. He's like, yo, they're gonna laugh me out the club. Mm. If I don't sound like Beyonce or, Mm -hmm. you know. You started at 14 and there was no rule book, no manual, you know what I mean? But there's a lot of folks, myself included, who kind of look at you as a, as a pioneer, like you, you created the transformer scratch, but like when you created that shit, were you really thinking, Oh shit, I created this. Or were you thinking like, you know, like this is just something that I thought you were just talking about making yourself separate. So like at the time, was it something like that? Because I, I'm, I'm curious 
You already know how I feel about you. You're a genius. Like, did you know you was making the shit when you were making the shit? You know what I mean? Like, no, no, not 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 at all. And it's funny mm -hmm. because um, Kenny Gamble is like a a big brother to me. Always been Mm -hmm. a big brother. Always gave me some of the greatest wisdom. And one of the things that he said to me is, whenever you're making history, you don't know when you're doing it. Mm -hmm. You only know after. We had Mm -hmm. no clue. No clue. Like I said, this started off with me wanting to show my kids I made a record. I didn't have any dreams or desires for this to be a career. This was, oh shit, I get a chance to make a record. Everybody wanted to make a record back then. You know, and it it was 14 rap groups back then. Yeah. It wasn't 1,400. It was 14. And, and, you know, is is anybody saying that on me? We would, you know. I mean, I don't want to be salty uh-huh. because it took me years to get over this because I'm ahead. But y'all beat Tribe Called Quest for that first fucking Grammy, bro. It, it, I've never forgotten. Like, there's no testament to technically how good Paris Just Don't Understand was. Y'all beat fucking Tribe. Yeah. Like, that's a that's like a collar pop of all time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Q-Tip is nice, but we did bless his ass for that Grammy. And like, you know, at the end of the day, like, I, I tell people all the time, like, the thought that historically where you all stood on doing what you did. That was the first Grammy ever. Yeah. Like, that's just ill. Like, to me, it's, and I've, you know, again, like, to think y'all had to be in your teens still, like, the well, history I, I, of that I shit. I think, well, no, I think Will might have been, like, 20. Will might have been 20. I'm, I'm like, three 20. years older than Will. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, still, you know, yeah. listen, the, 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 the year that we won, the year before, mm-hmm. I was sitting on my mom's floor watching it. What? And I remember wow. going to rehearsal, looking at wow. the front row, and looking at the flashcard with Michael Jackson's name on it and Whitney Houston's uh, name. See, I'm like, yo, I was in the yeah. crib last year watching this yeah. on television. Like, this has been a how the hell did I get here moment for 38 years. After the break, I want to I want to ask you and JG, we'll get to your question on the other side. But I want to talk a little bit about the scams Mm -hmm. that Mm. exist within your industry. And, and, you know, you strike me as an honorable brother, but I bet you done ran some scams on some of these damn promoters to get their money. (laughs) (laughs) Some tricks of the DJ trade. And also, of Mm. course, the homie Narado, a.k.a. Rod for short, we'll have him on and he'll. Drive all of this goodwill right off into a ditch, and then we'll work to rebuild it on the other side with DJ Jazzy Jeff. It's a job fair. We'll be right back. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift. And danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers... Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah. 
Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Job fair. Back in this thing, DJ Jazzy Jeff, we're going to get back to him in a second. So much knowledge, man. So many damn questions. I, got, I need to ask him about the Grammys and whether or not award shows are scams, which I think low-key are scams. Uh, we'll get to him in a second. But first, this is the part of the show where we give you, the job fair listener, an opportunity to scrounge up a couple topics to share with co-workers of the opposite race as the country opens back up and you have to head back into the workplace. I'm sure it's getting a little awkward there at your cubicle or your moving truck or whatever your face-to-face situation is. How you get your cheese? To help us do that, we bring on our resident black people, white people ologist. He is the pastor of the First Baptist Church of Pimpin'. Mm. Right now, he is looking for his fifth first lady. All right now. He is a peanut butter whiskey connoisseur, Mm. international gentleman of leisure. Can't stand simping. Mm -mm. His brother does not stand simping. He is undefeated against over-the-counter pregnancy tests with a lifetime record of 73 0 and 2. I don't understand 73 0 and 2, but go ahead. Uh, Two inconclusive. He's a winner. We call him Rod for short. Rod, welcome aboard this special Jazzy Jeff edition of the episode. We were rapping a little bit earlier there about Yale and stealing computers. We bring Rod on this program to give you topics to break the ice. Rod, which which way you want to go today? We gotta get back to Jazzy Jeff here in a second. Turn it over to you right now. Well, um, Speaking of uh, Jazzlin' Jeff, I think the the only thing there is to talk about right now, and what what everybody's talking about, black people and white people of all races all around the world, are talking about Will Smith slapping Chris Rock at the Oscar ceremony. Now, there's been a lot that's happened in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Will Smith apologized. Will Smith resigned from the Academy. I think last week, projects have been suspended left and right Mm -hmm. that Will was starring in and producing. And to me, it's feeling a little bit overkill. Really? Yeah. I thought I made a mistake. Uh Uh-uh. Let's wait to see what Chris tried. It's hard to stand up for unfair sentencing without sounding like you're condoning the action Mm -hmm. because the way the internet works is you are either A or B. You cannot be in between the two. Yes, A is wrong. But motherfuckers, yo, just give them the chair. If y'all gonna do all this shit to them, just give them that's what's happening though, JG. That's what we're I'm raising my voice. We are approaching this digital lynching that I think is starting to exceed what the crime was. Rod, this is a very divisive Mm -hmm. issue. 
especially along race lines. A lot of black folks that feel like white folks shouldn't even be talking about mm-hmm. this topic. Mm-hmm. You might so as well sign a, me up on that one. That's where I'm at. I ain't okay, so then as a white person, how do you bring up the slap to your black co-workers and have a little chit-chat about it? It's a simple thing to do because it's what most people are feeling. You just bring it up under the guise of wasn't that insane? Because I think that the reason people are having (laughs) such a hard problem processing this is because if you're under the age of 50, this is in like the top five craziest things you've ever seen in your lifetime. It goes the Challenger explosion. Okay. 9-11. Okay. OJ Chase. OJ Simpson. Right. The, uh, The insurrection. Right. Mm, Will Smith slapping the okay. shit out of Chris Rock at the Oscars. Those those are the five craziest things that have happened since the since nineteen eighty here. And mm. the fact that no one died in the Will Smith film. No That's one the died. Only mm. one. This is true. Mm. But I think another mm. another reason that people don't understand what's going on is because every everybody on this show right now is black and mm. also a professional and his rolled in upper crust and white circles and corporate circles you have to understand that the people in that room at the Oscars and the people who run the Oscars people in those type of situations the amount of nigga shit they're comfortable with Mm. is zero fucking percent talk about it this stuff doesn't happen where they're from this stuff doesn't go on in their society. They don't know that it's not the most serious thing in the world because this is the craziest thing that's ever happened in the 94 years never of seen Oscars. anybody get the slap shit. If you're black, you've seen somebody get the shit slapped out of them. Oh, several times. Barbershop. Yeah. You know, Fellowship Hall, Family Barbecue. Oh, all the time. Yeah. I, feel like, I feel like we've gone across many different mediums to try and explain to people whether well, it's been cartoons, movies, songs, they're trying to explain to people this kind of shit. And I really think Rod and I had talked about this, the, the most illustrated moment that I could think of or you think I could shoot this is the boondocks. The whole world witnessed a nigga moment. I don't care to anybody, so that's literally what Correct. it was. And to further argue Rod's point here correctly, a lot of people ain't used to seeing that shit. That's just all it was to it. I mean, that kind of stuff does happen at frat meetings and other places that's, you know, black folks and somebody gets offended that shit goes down even among it's not and it's not always the most glamorous okay right it's not always the most glamorous or elegant it really just proves that you never know when somebody's gonna have a human ass moment you never know when somebody's just gonna have a human that was a human moment that was way beyond just on some old offense shit or whatever that was that was him and that dude at that point that was some human shit this is going to be a touchy subject in a lot of office places so i just that's why i wanted to bring this up today just Mm. figure out you know so you're saying just go to black people wasn't that crazy yeah and then just shut the fuck up wasn't that insane you can give your take on the different sides of what happened but yeah don't don't mete out any form of punishment yourself. Don't say what you but, think should happen to anybody. But there's going to be follow-up interviews. It, it, Will is going to have a sit-down. Then they're going to have to ask Jada. And then 
Chris Rock, whether it's on stage or something, you know, sit down with Oprah, Gail King or whatever. And there's going to be also deeper discussions about black women's hair. There's going to be discussions about bullying. Like there's so many discussions about therapy and Will Smith's book and talking about him being him witnessing his mother being abused yeah. and the, what triggered him to protect Jada. Like yeah, it's gonna and get then very on all their relatives' responses and shit. I didn't even know Chris Rock had an extra brother. Yeah. Tony right. Rock is not to be Tony Rock with is Tony with Rock with will shits. monkey stump yes. anybody in the name of his Tony family. Rock is yeah. absolutely yeah. with the shits. You know, we joke a lot, Rob, but I'm being serious. Like, how do you navigate this conversation without pissing off one of your coworkers or pissing off a woman or you know, like that's the part of it that I think people need to be thinking about mm. as as this uh, as we unpack this over the next couple of right. months. Well, you got you got to look at it completely objectively. You got to find a way to take yourself out of the equation and what you would have done if you were in either one of their shoes and things like that. Or, like I said, what you think should happen to Will Smith and all of that, because that's that's very touchy because most people who are black that you're going to talk to about this they're going to make it personal and because they're going to make it personal they're going to take it personal when you start talking about (laughs) what your opinion is on what should happen because black people are processing this very how do you avoid that man I mean, How do you, you avoid gotta, that, man? I think that's a hell gotta, of a question. You gotta keep your emotions in check. You gotta not be like Will Smith. You gotta keep yeah. your emotions in check in this situation because the, the craziest thing about this situation is that we saw Will Smith on the best night of his career do the worst Literally. thing he could have ever done in his career. It's the ultimate irony. Mm. And that's really the thing that makes this so crazy. It's also, I think, an issue for black men who are talking to black women. Yes. Who have dealt with hair issues. Man. And regardless of how you feel about alopecia being a condition or a disease uh-huh. or just really happened to men and what about LeBron's hairline, regardless, if you are talking to a woman co-worker who's self-conscious about her hair, she's got mm-hmm. wigs and weaves and you feeling flipping about somebody doing a joke about the hair, gotta be able to navigate that without getting the HR dog. I just this just really feels like a topic that just motherfucker talk about something else. Major League Baseball is back. Talk about baseball. Just change the subject. Let me play devil's advocate for a moment. I think that there is another thorn to this as well. We have to be careful as women not to emasculate men as well. I'm not saying that you have to treat them and coddle them or anything like that, but this is basically a symptom of something. And then also, last but not least, I didn't want to see another bad boys anyway, but go ahead. Yes, now that is the silver silver lining in this situation. Silver lining. Is that word is bad boys for has been paused. And that's wonderful news Mm. for everybody. Because we could have done without that. And Rush Hour 6 never see the light of day. I agree. Listen, mm. And that's a good place to stop because now y'all slandering an iconic franchise. But I bet y'all cool with Lethal Weapon Part 6 coming out. Who was in that? Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. Yeah. I don't want to no. see any of that either. Are they going to bring him out of retirement Mel Gibson's from a directing. home? <laughs> <laughs> the podcast is Uncle Rod's Story Corner. You can get it wherever you download this fine podcast. Rod, as always, brother, thank you for coming through. And, um, 
to see you next week for 420. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Goddamn absolutely. You got to get that gas, mm. Jeff. Thank you, Rod. Bless mm. up. Scam of the week time. <laughs> Thank you, Rod, as always, for being chaotic and unreasonable when we have a decent guest. Mm. Uh, Jeff, this is part of the show we like to talk about, you know, things that you might have stolen from your job, but things you've seen stolen, some of the slick shit that's been going mm. on in your world. I have a couple questions about award shows, and I want to go back to your comment about the music industry and there being a lot of vocal and acoustic similarities mm. in today's music for the detriment of the culture. JG, I'll let you fire off first because I'm going to be angry when I get to my shit. Oh, okay. we're going to be angry well, rappers. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I want to ask you about what you do to make the world a better place. And I know you do. Mm. Um, you know, what's funny. Uh, I always looked at my job as a DJ, as I am a servant of the people. I think mm. people get the job of a DJ misconstrued. It is not about me. It is about mm-hmm. you. My job is to make you have a good time. My job is to make nice. sure that if you had a bad week, I'm going to make you forget about that week. If that girl left you, I'm going to help you find a new one. My job is to string music together to create an emotion of joy. So Mm. I'm going to give you an hour and 55 minutes of pure joy. And then I am going to show my ass for the last five (laughs) minutes. And you are going to walk out and say, he is the shit. It's DJing like stand-up comedy where I get fixated on the one person who's not laughing. If you have a whole dance floor rocking and it's one person in the cut just sitting on the wall, is that who you're kind of like? I, I Listen, <laughs> I love that. I love when you got the dude with the do-rag on and he is in the front and he is ice grilling because he is too cool to move. And I look mm. at my partner and I smile and I say, how long do you think it's going to take? How long is it going to take? Like, and I see, I got a bunch of records. If you ever heard me play, I got a bunch of records that start off with the sample and it morphs into the record that they use it. I know, mm-hmm. I know what's coming. So I throw it on and you always get that, what the fuck is he doing? And yeah. I just sit there with this half-ass smile on and as it starts to morph, you start to get the look to the side and then the eyes get big and it's like, oh shit. And I'm looking like, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Gotcha is too cool. Yes, yeah, sir. That's what's you know, up. Because it's always somebody. It's always somebody at a comedy show. It's always somebody at a party that you come for the wrong reason. You're coming because mm. I'm angry and I wanna, mm. you know, I'm trying to, I, I'm I, I wanna show, I wanna show the comedian up. I don't wanna laugh at his stuff. Everybody in the yeah. world's laughing, but I'm not. And it's kind of like, you know, at some point in time, I'm going to break you down. I'm curious. What about taking care of you? Do you have any hobbies? Like, are you a candle maker or something on the back end? What do you do to take care of you? You know what's funny? I have a sign on my wall in the studio that said, um, music is not what I do. Music is who I am. I don't have hobbies. I'm, my mm. hobbies is music. I make music. I play music. You know, it, it's that's it. That's it. It's always yep. been like that, and it's and it's the the, the oh, biggest yeah. blessing and it's the biggest curse because oh. I got an internal DJ, and he don't mm-hmm. never stop. <laughs> he don't ever stop. Like at the most, 
in opportune times, he's going to play public enemy. And you like, yo, man, I am in church. So (laughs) (laughs) the Grammy Awards just happened a couple weeks ago. Shout out to the homie Trevor Noah for hosting. And you all were nominated at a time where rap was not respected and rap was not televised. You know, yourself and Will decided not to even show up for the damn thing. And then you had the thing going on with Jay-Z and them a little bit later as hip hop grew into the 90s. And now we're at a time where, you know, they told Kanye he couldn't come. But now the conversation, the weekend didn't go the year before. It was like, I don't, y'all can kiss my ass too. Has rap grown beyond the need for mainstream acceptance or do these awards still matter? Because when we talk about scams, part of me feels like this idea of performing and creating music for the sake of trophies has erased some of the originality of the art form. And what you were talking about earlier in the first break about everybody sounding alike, I think a lot of that has to do with the, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but as an outsider, and you know, and I and I did morning radio during the crunk era. I came up bling era and crunk era morning radio for the most part. Nelly, a little bit of Luda. Everybody, every record label wants everybody to sound like whoever just had the hit. The radio stations don't want to take a chance on anybody original because they just want you to play, they just want you to do the hits. And those are the people who are then nominated for the awards. That's why. Even today, Ralph, like a group like Tribe still wouldn't get fucking, they still wouldn't win a Grammy. And do you think that the award show machine plays a role to a degree in the record labels deciding who to sign? Who do you give a hundred thou advance to? Then that dictates the lack of originality. Where, Where in the music industry assembly line have we failed the culture with regards to the lack of originality in what we have now sonically? Well, I, I, you are a hundred percent right. You are a hundred percent wrong in the order. The, the, the okay. award show is last in the line. The record company is first. The record mm. company is first. So everybody sounding the same is the fault of the record company because the record company can sign whoever they want. The record company can sign tribe but they just choose to sign someone who sounds like someone who sounds like someone because, and, and, and the harsh reality of it is none of these record companies give a shit about music. This is it's a numbers game to do. They are not in the music business. So for the artist at heart who really wants to get his art out, they, they do everything short of saying, we don't give a fuck about your art. We really don't. Mm-hmm. What we care about is, can your art make some money? I've always heard that when y'all dropped uh, Summertime, it hit them by surprise. Oh, I That was always a story that I heard, like, that, that because Summertime, as far as I'm concerned, that's like my junior, senior, high school classic. I know the words of that song, Backwards, Upside Down, Drowning in Water. And, like, I, the story I always heard, and please, if you can, because I feel mm-hmm. like it kind of goes to your point, like, talk to me about that, man. Like, I always heard that song came out and it was kind of like a left blow. Like, they didn't see it coming type they, of thing. They, they did not. That was the last song that we recorded on the album. The record label, we put out Girls Ain't Out With Trouble was our first record, our first song, our first big song on, on the first album. We put out Parents Just Don't Understand and it blew up. After that, everything they wanted us to do, 
I will never forget, and I've said this to him, that Dougie Fresh crushed me because Girls Ain't Nothing But Trouble was a cult classic. And the record company wanted us to do Parents Just Don't Understand so bad that they convinced us to go back in the studio and re-record Girls Ain't Nothing But Trouble, kind of like Parents Just Don't Understand. And us not knowing, we were kind of like, okay, that might be a good idea. And we did it. And I remember Dougie coming up to me at a show and he looked at me and he said, why'd y'all fuck up Girls Ain't Nothing But Trouble? Uh-huh. And I and I just looked at him. He was like, what? what? That There was nothing wrong with that record. Why did you redo that record to make it a pop record? And the funny thing is, I didn't know wow. that's what we did. Oh, like, I, so like, It wasn't the like game. the record company came and said, hey, mm. we want pop success out of your first single. They were just like, yo, you know what would be cool is if you re-record it, because the recording might have been bad. Mm. And we went in the studio and re-recorded it and... Damn, it wasn't the same they thing. They put you in that seat. They put so, you in that listen, hot seat. No, I'm not going to give it to the award shows because when you when you go down the chain of events, it's the record first. The record comes out. The radio gets the record. You know, the record company promotes the record on radio. Or pays the radio play station to play the record and give them a bunch of money and cocaine. Absolutely. Absolutely. If we believe it's in it, we're going to give you some, some money to play it, to see if the people will respond to it. And if they respond to it and in in a big way, they're gonna come see you perform, they're gonna buy the record and and so on and so forth. But it has zero to do. And I'm talking, this is 1986 that it had very, I'm I'm not gonna say zero, but it had very little to do with creativity in 1986. Oh, it's zero today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. as As far, that the the creative music that we get, the 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 mind boggling. Oh my God, this is great! When you think about it, it comes fewer and fewer today. You know, mm-hmm. fewer. Yeah. Like, oh my God, Bruno Mars was an anomaly. Like, oh shit, Anderson Pop. What? Where did that come mm-hmm. from? It's not that it's not good music out there. Don't don't get me wrong. There's a bunch of good music. The problem yes. is you don't turn the radio on and hear the good music. You know, I'm not trying to sound bad. Radios, to me, radios are dying for me. Radio is part of the problem and it's a dying format because it's not breaking new fucking music. It's a bunch of, it's 80% of the stations all playing the same 40 songs. So there's nothing special about any of those stations. And that's part of the fucking problem, which is why I love the fact that Atlanta, Memphis, Philly, even back then, I'm not, I can't speak to Philly now, but there are certain urban markets that protect the local creatives and fucking put them on. And that's why those cities have a unique sound because it was fostered because the fucking radio station gave a fuck and didn't listen. DC or didn't care about New Orleans as well, Ralph, where they didn't care about the national sound. Like, this is what we're doing here. And y'all can either get with it or not. I don't know the year when the radio stations started becoming um, pretty much clear channel and everybody else kind of got to a point that the the radio stations Mm -hmm. adopted the car manufacturing uh, mentality that it wasn't about the music. We're trying to sell cars. Mm -hmm. We're trying to sell cars. And once Mm -hmm. they did that and used that formula that had zero to do with music, it changed radio. 
All right, let's kick it to a break real quick. Afterwards, I want to talk to you about the hurdles that DJs are facing. And like trying to get it, like if I'm trying to get in the DJ game, how the hell do I do that? Job fair, we'll be right back. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Job there, bringing it home. OG DJ Jazz Jeffrey. What are some of the hurdles facing DJs today? you trying to get in the game like you know how hard is it to try and stand out during the pandemic guys like d nice guys like myself guys like quest love us streaming we woke up grown folk we woke up the grown yes folk. sir because yeah. the one thing that i would always say the grown folk is the most underserved community in the world we don't have clothes okay. we don't have music what? Like I'm sitting there like, yo, either I got to fucking wear some Air Jordans or Skechers. Where's my shit? (laughs) Oh, bro, talk about that shit, son. We are underserved. So now what happened is we all home sitting there. And the one thing that I realized, you know who wasn't streaming? Young people. Young people were sitting in the house waiting for outside to open back up. You know who was enjoying all of the streams? Us versus like, yeah, this is club great. quarantine. That's why nice had Oprah. Club quarantine. Nice had Michelle Obama listening to him play. Ask yourself, did D Nice play any new music? No, nothing but classics. Became the huh. biggest DJ on the face of the earth, playing for people in a pandemic, playing nothing but classic music. That mm-hmm. should tell you something about the new music. Like when we were moving. 
from fucking Virginia to Jersey, it was your it was your streams that we played in the background that kept everybody bouncing and moving. When we got up here to Jersey and and started barbecuing and shit, it was your joints that we put and put up on Twitch that made the whole entire neighborhood actually come around and be like, hey, who are you guys? Y'all playing some decent shit. So like, thank you, man. Like the streams and stuff. What you saying as a grown person who's in that grown person range? I appreciate it, man. Like you you really have like helped a lot of folks, my damn self included. Because, like, man, some of your mixes and your spins over the last couple of years have just been amazing. And you still break new artists. Always. You still Always. break new artists and, and bring out people. There was a um, there was a young lady not too long ago that you put an EP out with, which was beautiful. Um, Aya? Yep. Aya? Yep. Um, Aya. Am I right? From Toronto. Yeah, man. I play music like I want the radio to sound. And I've said mm. unapologetically. Unapologetically, I've said, don't you wish the radio sound like this? So, OG, as we get ready to get you out of here, you know, this is the part of the show where we talk about, you know, employment and growth. And, you know, we've already talked about, you know, your adventures as a creative and trusting your instincts, even when you didn't know what was beyond the horizon. You just knew that you had to run that direction. Now, you spent a lot of time today painting a very bleak picture about the music industry and how motherfucking creative ain't getting there. Ain't no money in it. And Spotify taking all the money. And even if you get an award, it's because somebody paid off one of the people that vote for the shit. And then you got to go and do the tours. And they taking your T-shirt money on the tour because of a 360 deal. Yeah. Why the fuck and how the fuck does anyone today get into the you said in an interview i think it was on drink champ shout out to nori and them over there in, in uh, djf and uh where you talked about how the separation of the rapper and the dj it forced the dj to start finding their own way as a performer without the rapper and now DJs are as popular, if not more popular than rappers, when all they do is just play hits. They're not having to ideate. They're not having to create all of that stuff. So if you're a DJ today in this digital world, how are you able or what can you do um, to to break into any of this world? You know, we don't have to get into rapper. Let's just keep it DJs for the sake of for the sake of brevity. Um, I think. I don't want to say it's simple. I think you have to approach it like what do people want and what do people need? And, mm -hmm. and that goes back to when I said a DJ is the servant of the people. Once you understand what nice. the people want and how to serve them, then you will work forever. If you can keep people mm -hmm. on the dance floor, I can be 95 years old and still be working because mm -hmm. that's the goal. The goal is to make people have a good time. Now, where it gets difficult is when you go into a club today, nobody's dancing. Nobody. Everybody really? is taking selfies. Everybody is. Bottle service. Everybody buys one bottle and you pass the bottle around and everybody takes a picture with it because the bottle's $300. So everybody mm -hmm. can't buy yeah. the bottle. So you got to take a picture. You got to take a what? picture. And it Look, is, you know, you know, people ain't dancing in the clubs no more. When I seen white folks have a doggone cha-cha slide competition in the club, I was like, what in the fuck is happening? Why? That, that's proof. Nobody's dancing. It's think about it. It went from, you know, it went from pretty much open format. And then the EDM uh -huh. thing took over, which, you know, the one thing that I will say about the EDM thing is the EDM 
the EDM thing had the dance floor packed. That's EDM true. was replaced by trap. You don't mm. know how to dance to trap music. So what happens is now you've got somebody who spent $10 million on this amazing nightclub in Las Vegas, and the dance floor is full of people taking selfies. And they're like, okay, shit, shit what happened? And trap gave way to drill. Check, yep. Mm. Okay. So yeah. Why are people just like, discovering now, drill in 2022, say, man? Why are there, people just acting like drill just happened, Jeff? Please tell I mean, me that. Listen, Why are people acting like drill just showed up? Like it's just new. Like the UK wasn't doing this shit for like 10 fucking years, but now Pop Smoke is, is robbing niggas off a of motherfucking Xanax and shit. And, and now we drill it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Absolutely. Let me tell you something. You could grab one of them EDM records and line that shit up with Planet Rock and it's the same record. There's nothing yep. new. Oh. We just slap a new label on it and say and, and give it a name. Let me tell you something. Oh. There was no such thing as Neo Soul. What the hell is Neo Soul? Mm-hmm. Like everybody needed to give something a label. It's soul music. Okay. What, what's the Neo in it? Well, you know, cocoa butter. When you add cocoa butter in, <laughs> in, in place. Mm. Like, <laughs> Soul music is regular lotion, but cocoa butter is Neo. Neo, and it's like that doo-doo soap as well, that black soap that you use and shit. That's that's what makes it special. Little chopper incense. And I hope that you're able to do it until you're 140 years old. JG, where's he headed later on this spring and summer? I think we all need to go as a group. May 26th, he'll be in Austin, Texas at the Mohawk Hot Luck Fest. Then, and this is beautiful, May 29th, Pittsburgh, PA, flying beyond intergalactic boundaries through STEM. He's the master of the Mike fundraising festival. And then in August, from the 26th through the 28th, he's going to be in Stockport, UK. So I think we need to travel with him. Mm. This all sounds right. If you don't catch him at any of those dates, you can catch him frying chicken at the Roy Rogers <laughs> on the New Jersey Turnpike. I still got it. <laughs> For two ninety five. In the Walt Whitman Service <laughs> DJ Jazzy Jeff. <laughs> when I say thank you sincerely for the gift that you have given black culture over the past four decades, I mean it sincerely, sir. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your journey with us. Word. We appreciate you for being a part of the job, yes. Fair Fam. Anytime. You and Dilla saved my life. Yes, sir. I appreciate you. Yes, sir. We appreciate Thank you, OG. Thank you so much. That's the show. Royce Job Fair is a product of Paramount, iHeartRadio, Comedy Central, and South Park and Princeton Productions. That was a good episode, man. We didn't get a chance to ask Jeff why everybody loves the DJ and the bartender in every rap song. Mm. That's always my problem. Every song is DJ, turn it up, Havis DJ, I love the DJ, mm-hmm. bartender, give me a drink. Fuck security. Fuck security. <laughs> security trying to keep you safe. You know what, man? You know what's the other thing? You know we didn't get to ask him as well? Why in the fuck are there 587 rappers named Little in the game? It's 587 Littles. That's a separate conversation. This is a Guinness World Book of Records. 587 fucking littles in the goddamn game. I'm sorry. I got to calm down. I'm I'm, 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 I'm going to smoke. I'm just. All right, we got to go because Ralph needs to smoke one. Yeah, That's the show. We'll be back next week. 
This has been a Comedy Central podcast. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.